3: This is live Bet Saturday on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to Live Bet Saturday, presented by Bet MGM. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Kelly Bidlin, alongside. We need to do it. Let's do it. Can we have a sounder? Can you sing for us, Ortega? <laughs> what are we, really we going to do here? That, yeah. There we go. This is not really a basketball thing. We need to buy the rights to.
4: They're playing me.
5: Yeah, oh yeah, that would yeah. Be, that would be good. be good.
3: All right, hardwood handicap now. Uh, Kelly and I both, of course, are hosts of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. So I'm aptly named by myself, by the way. So if we ever get into some legal issues, just know that I came up with the name of the podcast.
5: Oh, cool. So I can blame you if anybody comes at me.
3: Got it? Yeah, correct. <laughs> that was more of like once you become big and famous, and I just you know kind of like eh, just stay in my spot. <laughs> then I can you can't you, take probably? it. Yeah, you can't okay, take it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take it from me. So. Let's talk about a lot of things here. Hey, look at that. That's the uh, logo with the wings and uh, the dollar sign and everything. The wings mean you're flying to the the counter with all the information that you're getting, the cash tickets. Where are you looking
5: at? It was on the pre. They just threw it up for us. (laughs) Right. They just threw
3: it up for us. Don't worry. Yeah.
5: Uh, We do have a cool logo. I I don't know how much input you had on that. There Uh, it is. Yeah, see, they just threw it again. I kind of have a feeling that was more of a Michelle Robb thing going on there. Well,
3: uh, Yeah, it was just sent to me. Like, here's your new logo. Who's your logo? Your new logo. Looks awesome. Like the wings.
5: I mean, I kind of feel like there's a name missing, but, you know, I guess I got to earn that.
3: This is, uh, this is like there's some shows where it's like, you know, the, the namesake of the program. Like, let's go. Come on. I started this thing. This monster. <laughs> uh, yeah. When do
5: we get our promo uh, shoot? I want to know that. Yeah, all the new shows got like nice little promo video shoots. We didn't get that. I feel somebody. like I'm it's gonna get in
3: trouble with all of the jokes that I'm it's making about the funny videos of all these people. Did like did Dave Ross and Matt Brown stand back to back and like point around in the casinos like everybody else did? <laughs> like I was laughing at Stormy because they had one where Stormy literally did like the finger guns at somebody like who was walking by. In the promo shoot, and I was like, that's hilarious. That's, that's I would love the optics of watching that from a distance and be like, What are these people recording?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and the camera left,
3: you know. I Good. saw
5: the Patrick Ball Dustin one going out here. It was it was
3: The int- Bash Brothers back it, to back. It yeah. was
5: very interesting from what you're bringing up. And yep. then shockingly, Dustin seemed to be left on the cutting room floor, which is I don't know why they would do that. Oh, Dustin's a odd. star. He Dustin's really is. a star. He really is.
3: Somebody said I sounded Eli Jeter checking in on Twitter. I don't know if this is an insult or not. Somebody said, I sounded like Romo when describing the live throws you were watching at the combine. (laughs) (laughs) That can go one of two ways because a lot of of people respected Tony Romo at the beginning, but not so much now. Early Tony Romo. That's what they meant. Early. See? We have good hair. We both have good hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, Harvard Handicapping Hour. I wanted to go we, uh, go over some bigger topics when it came to the association. Hitting on one that we brought up in our first hour. If you missed out on any part, by the way, of this po- or this show or any of our shows, vcin.com slash podcast, you get in on that. The vcin Best Best Channel has every single show thrown up there and more, so you can check that out wherever you get your podcast. Six Man of the Year, and this is an important market to bring up because this is evolving as we speak. This is something that over the last couple of days we saw a development that might change who wins this award, because Norman Powell suffered an arm injury. Yeah, it is a left shoulder subluxation, I believe is the proper term for it. We don't know if, they, or at least I haven't seen. Have you seen an official timetable yet for his? injury recovery because no, I, I haven't have, seen anything have official.
5: It. Didn't someone say a week earlier and I was like, "Wow, I hadn't heard that."
3: No, well, I think Will Hill brought up oh, if that he misses was, was a week will. or yeah. two. Uh, yeah, he right. was just speculating like that's obviously a lot of time missed in this kind of a race. Okay, he
5: will be re No, no, he will be reevaluated on March 10th.
3: So that's just just yeah. less than a week or yeah. just over a week or about there so.
5: And, okay, in sideline for at least one week.
3: Okay. I mean, that's so let's see really quickly Clippers schedule. Because, that honestly, that might not be that much time
5: mm-hmm.
3: when it comes to the grand scheme of things for the Los Angeles Clippers. So, in a week, he's going to miss two games. Tomorrow. Okay. And then they play on Wednesday. Their next game after that is Saturday, March 11th. So, that could work out pretty well for Norm Powell if he only misses two games. That's the best sc- scenario possible. Right. We bring this up because the riser up the board now is Emmanuel quickly of the New York Knicks, and we could throw these up there for you. These have been updated as of today. Malcolm Brogdon, the dollar ninety favorite to win 6 Man of the Year, followed by Emmanuel quickly at plus one fifty. Norman Powell, who it's gone down even more. Oh, now again, huh? quickly
5: plus one twenty five.
3: I assume that's on the news that he's going to be reevaluated, Norman Powell. A yeah, week.
5: yeah. Norm's still ten to one though.
3: So, I will say this. No, I'm
5: looking at a different site, BetMGM. This is de- this is dead on.
3: Okay. So I, I will say this, and I, and I and we brought this up on the podcast, and I brought this up to Will Hill. I think that we as a collective tend to forget that these are all year-long awards. Mm-hmm. And the people that vote for these actually do, for the most part, take it somewhat seriously. And I do think that while the market is now hot and heavy for Emmanuel Quickly, it is – conveniently forgetting a 30-game sample size in which Emmanuel quickly averaged less than 10 points per game and shot under 40% from the field, not from three, from the field. And this was also one of my, like, you look around when it comes to some of the arguments to be made in some of these awards markets and things like that. We have seen more often than not that it is actually the inverse. A lot of people think that, This is recency. Oh, if you get off to a hot, like if you finish the season hot, that will win you in the award. When in reality, a lot of these other awards, when we're talking about six man of the year, rookie of the year, actually, the opinions that people make at the beginning of the season tend to stick a little bit more than it would be for the end of the season. And I'll go back to last year. Yeah. A lot of people thought, Kelly, that Cade Cunningham was making a really big push and that he could win rookie of the year. And one of the things that I kept saying was, no, he was awful for the first thirty games of the season. Mm-hmm. And like these other guys were great. He's not surpassing them because it's a rookie of the year award. Kate Kenningham ended up finishing third. Yep. So while everybody is really hot and heavy for Emmanuel Quickly right now, I would stress that he had thirty games in which he averaged under ten points. Yeah. And that is something that's going to work against
5: him. I think there's that. I think that there's look, there's gonna be I, I know some people are taking some some deeper dive and looking more analytically of, of where he where he fits in with this group. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you the base stats that I'm sorry still a lot of voters are gonna look at, okay? And you've got Malcolm Brogdon right now in this season, he's averaging 14.6 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 3.7. Assists um, and now he's about a half a steal. I thought he was going to be a little bit more than that. So he's doing that in 25.4 minutes a game. Now go over to quickly 13 points per game, uh, four rebounds, three assists, almost a steal, 0.8 uh, steals, and minutes per game 27.6. So he's even logging a little bit more uh, time on the court than what we're seeing Malcolm Brogdon, so take that into account when you're looking uh, at these stats even more. Um, Okay, Norman Powell, 16.6 points per game, so highest score out of all those. Now, the rebounds and assists, not exactly something he does a ton of. He's under 2.9 rebounds, he's got 1.8 assists. Um, he's in 25.8 minutes per game, right? So slight, he's... That's two full minutes uh, less per game than what Emmanuel quickly is doing. Now, your guy, who you brought this up earlier, and you brought it up on the pod uh, a while back, I I don't believe I bet it, and I'm a little upset with myself now that I didn't, is Bobby Portis. Mm -hmm. Bobby Portis, Milwaukee Bucks, for a long time, we were saying at the beginning of this season, you had two guys averaging a double-double for – I forget what it was. It was a consecutive game streak. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, so, something we hadn't seen in a long time. Okay, Bobby report is currently under that average, uh, the 10 rebounds for the season, but 9.8. So 9.8 rebounds, 14 points per game. Um, and he – I'm looking for minutes per game – 26.2. So he's on the higher end there, and he's shooting 33% from three. Um, look, man, as a big – those are pretty impressive numbers – I think – I'll go back. We touched on this market a little bit earlier. I don't know if Powell and is his Pal injury is concerning. You're right. If he misses only two games, do I think he's still alive? Yeah, I think he's still alive. Yeah. But, you know, we start to miss more than that. I think it gets a little tough. Yeah. Maxi, if they keep starting him – and I think they're going to keep starting him. I honestly
3: him, don't think Maxie ever had a real shot at winning it. I don't if know. If I'm going to be
5: so honest. This is where yeah, – Anybody who bet Maxie, I think in this market or most improved, I almost feel bad for you. And I and I'm guess I'm feeling bad for myself because I bet him in most improved of, yeah. preseason, right? Where it's, I, did, I think partially he never really had a chance at either of these awards because of what the coaching cha- coaching staff, ch- how they chose to use him mm-hmm. at different points in the year, right? They changed their minds on this stuff. Um so I don't, to your point, I, I think it is Norm Powell, Tyrus Maxey. I would almost take off this list. I think you are probably looking. I like Malcolm Brogdon at this point. I am I am starting to come around on what I think these awards are probably going to be in in actuality. And I think Malcolm Brogdon's going to win the thing. If I was betting on this, though, it's either Brogdon or I'm going further down the board to Bobby Portis. And maybe even looking longer than that, because I think these guys that are so long shots, JVT, I don't think they should be that long.
3: Yeah. I, I can't wait to see how this – it's an interesting market because it's been kind of mispriced all year long. There hasn't been really a standout candidate. Maybe that does eventually lead to Emmanuel quickly winning the award for um, I mean, we had West,
5: Westbrook at minus money for months, right?
3: Correct. And and he's still talking about him trying to win the award, which I don't understand he's starting <laughs>
5: right?
3: One thing or another. <laughs> uh, okay, the other market, which we can spend a little bit of time on, maybe when we come back as well. Most approved player, yeah. Larry Markin is a $3 favorite. Jalen Brunson is a plus 300 and Shay Gilders alexander is plus 500 I think there is a but to make here. I honestly kind of think that Jalen Brunson should probably start to get closer to being the favorite in me this too.
5: market. Yeah? Me, 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 yeah. No, me too. I, I, I'm i kind of guy, look, I've got, I am heavily invested in, in SGA. Um, him missing games here, being in health and safety protocols, really, I think it does hurt him down the stretch here, especially when Jalen Brunson has not stopped uh, really playing well. Um, this is a. I I agree with you. I, I think that there should be, Brunson and Markkinen should be way closer odds than they are right now. I have never understood part of the reason why I got in multiple times on SGA is I've never really understood why Markkinen was such a heavy favorite for the bulk of the season, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I know every time we talk about this, I get a million tweets with different polls and stuff that were done at different points in the season and stuff like that. I get it. I get it. Um, What Markkinen's done in Utah is incredible. I'm not trying to take anything away from him there. Uh, but Brunson now in New-, in New York City. I'm gonna leave that for you because I know that's your big angle, New York City. But SGA is gonna end up as a top five scorer in the NBA, and he's not gonna win this award.
3: Yeah, you, you know, you you hit on it. it. The he plays for New York. It's gonna lead to something really big. I have something for you on the other side. Two long shot propositions for you in the NBA. Ooh. Is this 100 to one long shot actually worth betting on? We'll talk to you about that when we come back here on Monday, Saturday.
4: Up.
3: Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year for only 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a racket or betting against a spread, our team's here for you and getting you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets, tools like our exclusive betting splits, plus our big dance bracket and betting guides. These guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, racket predictions, and picks on every tournament game from VEASAN experts like... Brent Musburger and Greg Hoops Peterson sign up today. Get the betting guys plus full access to Beeson through the end of the tournament. For only 19 bucks at Beeson.com slash subscribe. So I have two plays for you.
5: Quick NBA injury update because we talked about it and obviously for no reason now. Jimmy Butler will play on Saturday. Today's Saturday. Yeah. He, he, he going to play today against the Hawks. Okay. Sorry. I, just, I, I literally read the tweet word for word. What was that, Ortega?
3: Nothing? Okay. I was saying he like, made a comment. I, no, I just said, he gonna play. Like, the way that Kelly said it was absolutely great. Well, I don't yeah. think he's happy. play. He gonna play. I don't play. think he's happy. I think, did you double yeah. down on Atlanta? No, no. I, oh, no, okay, thank
5: okay. God I didn't. But, I mean, still. Still have a bet.
3: So, I, I have two long shot plays for you. The the 100 to 1 uh, play that I teased. Okay. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from Buddhist Man.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love Buddhist Man. Great,
3: great Twitter account. What, great Twitter a follow. A great
5: VEASAN fan.
3: Yep. At Buddhist Man on Twitter. That's two ends, he says. If John Morant gets a lengthy suspension for his burst impersonation last night, as it is noted, John Morant should—we should say that the specific language was at least two games. So we'll see if there's going to be more yes. added, but that was the wording initially on the report. He asks his New Orleans
1: <laughs> to win the
3: Southwest Division a reasonable dart throw at hundred to one. I got another long shot play for you after this one. What about that?
5: Oh, man. Okay. Well, give me a second. So, how – What do, oh, The New Orleans Pelicans
3: right now are eight games back from the Memphis Yeah, That's what
5: I was going to say. I know it was lengthy. I would say no. Buddhist, man, I like your thinking. If I, you
3: – I'll tell you this. I love your thinking. If we knew that Zion Williamson was back tomorrow, maybe. Maybe. But we e- don't know when he's coming e- even back.
5: Even that, I couldn't say for sure. I, I would, would think you
3: that. want more than 100 oh, Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Um, I ain't got stuff, but I still say you're thinking the right way when it comes to New Orleans Pelicans. Don't count them out yet. I'm not counting them out yet.
3: Okay. Got another one for you here.
5: Ask me when Zion gets
3: back. All right. It's for me and McDonald. I'm ready?
5: I like the thinking, though. This is what we do on Hardwood Handicappers a lot. You gotta, I like digging down the board, draw a path to how that bet can get home.
3: I think you like this one. Wes Unselled, coach of the year. So he he t- he texted in any long shot correlates it's a it's a long shot any correlation of the wizard to win the southeast along with West Unseld for coach of the year he's a hundred one here as he mentioned or you know two hundred and fifty at Bet Rivers Kings of course as he notes would have to collapse for Unseld to win that because Mike Brown I think does have the inside track on winning that award yeah he does uh, but in terms of the southeast which is an abomination we keep talking about Miami and Atlanta Washington is only two games back Man. silence. Man, you've stumped him. That is. and you stumped him.
5: I think it's a great find. I think it's a great find. Um Here's the problem. Is anybody talking about this team? Like, has anybody talked about the Wizards all season long? Mm. And, and yes, they're getting, I, I guess if you want to get hot at the right moment, they're, they're, they're getting hot or the rest of the division just sucks and continues to lose. Uh, it's probably the better way to look at. But, I mean. What, what, I, what I'm kicking around in my head right now, James, to
3: specify too, he's is, talking about you know, unselled. Is coach of the year is 250. The Wizards are
5: eight to one to win the Southeast. Oh, Division. Okay, well, when, when I'm staring at an 80 to one. So, yeah. okay, 250 to one. Sure, it makes it a lot easier to say, yeah, yeah, bet on that. Yep. Over over eight to one, getting home. Um, that I I don't know how you feel about the coach of the year market, but that's one I have had almost zero interest in from the jump. I remember you and I doing a doing a hardwood handicappers before the season started or right when it started. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to have interest in this, in this award all year, because I think it's going to go to Missoula or I think it's going to go to Will Hardy. Like, or I, I just thought it was guys. I take- said
3: that Mike Brown was going to win 40 games. And he was going to win it the whole
5: time. <laughs> but like, you know, uh, or, or Jacques Vaughn, right? It was these guys taking over with like these, these unforeseen circumstances that already had good teams, so I was like, I think one of these guys is going to win it, and I don't think there's any value in betting it. And we've seen Missoula odds. Yes, they've gotten longer now. Mike Brown is the favorite, as you put, as you said. But Missoula's, what, been in that top three all season long? I don't think he's been – I don't think he's dropped further than that. Um, and I think he's still got a really good chance of winning this thing. So, I don't know, just as a market in general, this is one for, for this season has not interested me in betting at all.
3: I would agree. And I also think – to steal a phrase from somebody who I can't remember who told me, it. this is one of those markets where I, I think it's hard not to bet what you think should happen as opposed to what will. So, for example, yeah, correct. I, I think I brought this up to you before. Correct. I think all of these guys who are coaches of like Oklahoma City, Orlando, should have a much better shot at winning this thing then the market gives them credit for, totally. or in reality, they should, because they're actually doing legitimate coaching jobs and are actually really good.
5: I, and look, that's, you're absolutely right. I think Washington, uh, Washington, we could say, has pro- more talent than most of the teams you just, you just mentioned. However, I would still say the same kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about them. No, that, that, you know, that's what I was saying about Washington. Nobody's talking about this team, and I think that does lend to, lend to the idea that he's probably not going to have much of a chance to win this award. There it
3: is. Sorry, I'm, str- I'm struggling because I have my secondary screen, just like Kelly over here to the left.
5: I, I just don't even – like, do you I, even um, think if the Wizards win that division, I, 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 maybe he jumps up into the conversation as coach of the year, but I don't think he wins it.
3: This is my favorite thing when it comes to stuff. The conversation, the elud like the elusive right. conversation. <laughs> like somebody asked me the other day, they were like, "Don't you think that this person should be in the conversation?" I'm like, "All right, yeah, we're talking about him. He can't win." Like- <laughs> you just asked me about right. it, and I'm replying about we, it, we so conversed. it's a conversation. We conversed about it. Yep, we talked about it. He can't win. Let's move on from there. That was not Emmanuel quickly, by the way, because Emmanuel quickly could win that award. That was. Born. I know that
5: might not have been the most exciting five minutes, but I could I could answer questions like that for an hour, right? Like I love thinking of outside the box bets mm-hmm. like that. I I haven't heard anybody bring up, ask me about the Wizards recently, about making a bet on them of any type fashion.
3: I wanted to also bring up here, so we do have these Rockets and San Antonio Spurs playing later today. Mm -hmm. This is one of the games we haven't really um, gotten into at a very deep level, and why would you really? Rockets on the road are one-and-a-half point favorites, it seems, about consensus in this matchup against San Antonio, but it is a matchup of two teams that most would consider tanking teams, and I think that this was an important topic to bring up. So Rockets one-and-a-half, total 230-and-a-half. And there is a fancy – there's, like, you know, the low-hanging fruit of you come in and you're like tanking teams. And I have to say, Kelly, I I don't mean to sound – like, this is going to come off as, like, somewhat elitist, I guess. I think what happens is a lot of people don't check into the NBA until about this time. Yeah. And the low-hanging fruit is to immediately go, from a talk radio standpoint, tanking. And from a betting standpoint, go, bet against the tanking teams. These guys, these teams, have such a lead already on the pack that they're not actively tanking right now. They're just bad teams. So a lot of this is baked into the market. If you've been putting together moneyline parlays that have been betting against the San Antonio Spurs, sorry, you're down, right? Because I did San... do that
5: once earlier this week. Yeah,
3: yeah <laughs> I did do that once. It was it on one of the games they won? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, what I'm okay, saying. Yeah. Yeah, you could have done the my the the other way parlay where both teams hit. Yeah, like like I lost both sides of
3: it. So it, I just and today this is the interesting part. Not only do we have the Rockets and Spurs in action, we also have the Pistons that are playing mm-hmm. early against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So I would just I would say that I think what you're looking for, right, are looking for the other teams who are trying to position themselves. A good example is the Charlotte Hornets. Yep, The Charlotte Hornets are awful. They do not have LaMelo Ball. They are just about three, four games back from San Antonio, who keeps winning for that third spot in terms of getting one of the three most – the highest odds of getting the top overall pick. And the other team is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who did win yesterday. Mm -hmm. But the reason why you bring up the Thunder is if they can somehow fall past the Orlando Magic, their odds of winning the – First, or the odds of winning the first overall pick, yeah. Go from 7.5% to 10.5%. That's a massive jump.
5: Yeah, I think the, and for anyone who wants to hear more about this topic, again, Harvard Handicappers, go check it out. JVT and I talked about this a fair amount two nights ago, right? And this was, those are the two teams that we kind of identified that, look, they might, if you want to play the whole tanking angle, those are the two teams I think you should be targeting right now. And it's mainly because, mainly because okay they're struggling they're not great teams but okay we saw the Charlotte Hornets playing a little bit better when LaMelo Ball was back in the lineup he he gone he's gone he's done for the year uh Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander Superman top five scorer in the NBA we'll keep saying it uh but he's out of the lineup health and safety protocols they don't have much else on that team that that team goes from a, a bad team to a real bad team when he's not on the court um so yes, I think those are the those are the teams that you could potentially target. I still think um JVD it's smarter to I would be just ignoring the money line parlay stuff this entire season. I think just identify some of these teams you can get in live against. I think these are the teams nope. that you want to look live against. I, I and the other other part I want to bring up real quick for the people that you're right. There's going to be people that are watching NBA uh, that haven't watched much NBA uh, at the beginning of part of the season that uh, might be latching on to that stuff. Keep in mind that it was only a few years ago when these the lottery odds did change. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some people that might be jumping in and not remembering that. So break Look, go in and look at really what percentage each kind of each pick gets.
3: We're about five minutes away from tip-off between Duke and North Carolina. Leaky Black, we're looking at him out on the court. We'll give you an update on where that number is going to close because that's a big one, and that is something. uh, We're not going to fire this, a sound effect that might have a really poor effect on a lot of people driving around uh, the country. (laughs) But uh, that is one where I am on the uh, Duke Blue Devils. So we will talk about that matchup, give you the closing number there, and uh, we will roll on the last 30 minutes of this iteration of Live Bet Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, make sure you check out our betting splits data up on the website, vsun.com, updated every 10 minutes with the current betting splits data over at DraftKings so you can see where the money is moving and see if it matches the public opinion. You can check it out, not just for today, Kelly, but future events as well. Check it out. It's one of the many ways. Vsun's here to make you smarter, better. Vsun.com.
5: Hell yes. I'm going to throw some betting splits at you right now. How about UFC tonight from BetMGM? Okay,
3: I'm ready for this. Let's go. Okay. Not so excited.
5: Over, under. I'm
3: going to get so drunk watching
5: this. Sorry, <laughs> me, probably me too. Um, <laughs> we're going to play a game right now. Over, under.
3: I was going to say, who's going to get more? 60 <laughs> and
5: a half of the bets, percent of the bets on John Jones. Over. Over, that yeah. is 70%. What about the handle, same number? Under. No, check it. 87% okay. okay. of the handle on John Jones tonight. That means we've got sharp and public.
3: <laughs> aligned. Yeah, well, there we They're go. They're aligned. What does that mean? Obviously, he's, you know what that means? Obviously,
5: he's definitely going to win. You
3: know what it also means, and then Otega should put his
5: entire paycheck on John Jones.
3: It also means that I don't listen enough to Josh Applebaum's podcast, which you can find up on Visa slash podcast. So you should check that out as well. Because Ooh. if I did, I would know how to interpret that there, data.
5: How about this one? Jeff Neal, seventy seven percent of the bets, woo, woo, only twenty nine percent of the handle.
3: What about your boy um, Bo? Oh yeah! Oh, where's Bo Nickel? At?
5: Oh well, see, this is where every every casual UFC fan and better, and especially ones that drink like me and you will be doing uh, doing later tonight. This is where you get burnt because uh, old uh, Bo, Bo Nickel, who's <laughs> minus two thousand. Uh, Eleven percent of the bets with thirteen percent of the handle because everybody says, "Oh, an eleven to one shot, the UFC." Let me bet that immediately.
3: Okay, all right, I like it. I like it. By the way, I got a, I got an answer. You know, we—it's funny. I got an email the other day. We were like, "Hey, we need some XFL people," and I was like, "You know, you got one that works the sidelines." So Stormy D'Antoni is going to be on the uh, St. Louis and DC game tomorrow in the Uh-oh. XFL
5: in DC. Yes, because I believe I caught her first game she did. It was in DC. She had a hard-hitting report on the beer snake that they were, like, outlawing in the crowd. Yep. Now Stormy's been talking sports betting on the broadcast. It's awesome. Tip of the cap to her. Tip of the cap to ESPN for letting her do
3: it. Yep. That'll be at 10 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow, St. Louis and D.C. So, if you want to see our own Stormy Bonatone, you can check that out as well. So, We had our hardwood handicapping half hour. I did want to bring up because this is – we're getting into the later slate in college basketball. This is one of the bigger games of the night tonight. So, just to give a refresher really quickly, Duke at North Carolina. A fascinating game because there is motivation in a very big way for both teams here because of ACC tournament seating for the Duke Blue Devils and for North Carolina, who is desperately fighting to claw their way back into the NCAA tournament at large. For those who don't know, Lenardi and others do have North Carolina on the first four out. So this is going to be a very big matchup Oof. for both teams. Yeah, right? I and mean, look, and it's eerily similar to what we were seeing with North Carolina last year, mm-hmm. which was we thought they were dead in the water, but now they come into this game. They've won three straight, so it's going to be really interesting.
5: Here's one. I'm writing down notes on this game uh, today. How about this one? 12 and 2 at home, straight, straight up North Carolina is this year. Only 7 a- to 7 ATS. I was going
3: to say, give me that ATS. Yeah, number. only yep.
5: 7 to 7 ATS. Yep.
3: They've been a little overvalued. And I think they even, if I remember correctly, they closed as two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Duke. They ended up losing that game outright. So there has been a market adjustment, but we tend to see the market react strongly to teams that might have or the market perceives to have a little bit more motivation. And I think the market believes that this is the spot for North Carolina coming back home in a revenge spot, as the market loves to put out there. But I will be watching this. I mean, we only got 27 minutes left together. But this is what I'm going to have my eye on here over the next couple of minutes because I did take four with the Duke Blue Devils. Man, just
5: talk about shockingly, I I mean, pretty big different seasons for these two teams, right? And just looking at some of the Ken Palm stuff, like almost right in line with each other. (laughs) Like North Carolina. They've both
3: been overvalued teams as well by the betting market. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yep. So you so you took the points with Duke tonight.
3: Yeah, in on Duke plus four. I guess, I don't think it is contrarian. I know we, we've talked to a couple of people here today. I think uh, Will Hill, who was on with us in the first hour, is in on North Carolina, if I remember correctly. But uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I, I think...
5: Yeah, it was like I, three hours ago. How am I supposed to remember that? I tend to back? try
3: to he play... He texted
5: me UNC, smart. so yes, I yes, think right?
3: he was on there. UNC. They stink. I'm against them. No, I, th- <laughs> I think he's on it. But maybe there's a world where we both be happy. If it falls on three, let's go. You want to see minus two and a half. We'll take three. But I will say, and this is probably, I think, one of the blind spots I have in college basketball betting and in college like sports in general. Like I, I got a little bit more accustomed to this as I was really into college bat- football betting this year. Mm-hmm. In college sports, the situations tend to have a little bit more weight to them yeah. as opposed to the pros.
5: Yeah, I, I, I mean, there, there's that Uh It's really when when people ask me questions about this, about like you know how much betting time I spend on NBA versus college basketball. For anybody who knows me, it is a lot. It is skewed towards a lot more NBA than college basketball.
3: Should we do the Uh, guess the line game, but with college hoops?
5: Oh gosh, yeah, we probably could. But um, (laughs) but no, it's for reasons like you're stating, right? The situational spots matter a lot more. The coaching matters a lot more. Home court advantage matters a lot more. Um, it's stuff like that that it's just. Is it stuff that you quantify when you're handicapping NBA? Of course you do, but not nearly to the level that you need to when you're breaking down college basketball.
3: Yep. I wanted to give this game a little love, too, because we haven't talked about this Pac-12 matchup, but I did want to go to UCLA and Arizona because UCLA right now, five-point favorite Kelly total. we will call it 148 as the consensus total. You have anything here?
5: No, no, I got nothing
3: here because I, I think that this is this is a fascinating spot because again we talk about situations and motivation. UCLA has this regular season conference title wrapped up, Good. right? Well, yep. we, we took care of this uh, quite a few days ago. However, Mick Cronin and this is a UCLA team that is has a one seed potential to them, and Mick Cronin has been very very loud about his dislike of these uh, college bracket reveals that have been up there, especially the first one, essentially doesn't like where his team is. He's going to have this team motivated to keep winning because they want to solidify themselves and grab one of those one seeds there that are going to be available for the NCAA tournament. So while some people might think that, hey, Arizona, who can move their seeding up, might have the motivation here, I don't think that's the case. You think
5: UCLA is determined? Oh,
3: I, I think I'll say this. Mick Cronin's a psychopath. And well, I think that I think he's they catching to...
5: some heat. Are these the comments they were catching heat for like, or like last week or whatever?
3: Well, I know, I know Cronin called it, uh, did he call it like a joke or is, there's it's a, right, sy- it was something there's like there's that a synonym yes. for yeah, yeah, joke yeah. that he used yeah. when it came to, you know, these, I don't want to say he used abomination, but it was like the synonym for joke that he used to, to describe uh, these reveal shows that have been out there. And uh, this is why I find this interesting too, because this is, again, as you talk about like for for UCLA, and this is the other part about it too. UCLA not only is we're talking about them motivation wise for winning a conference, or, you know, winning a excuse me a number one seed potentially. This is also a revenge spot for UCLA. They went on mm-hmm. the road to Arizona. They lost that game outright 58-52. Now they come back home to wrap up the regular season against Arizona. So it's pretty interesting. Market's, I think, a little short here at minus five for the Bruins, a total of 148. But I'm very interested in UCLA coming back home here in what I think is a little bit more of a motivational spot than the market might
5: So be. not a bet for you, but but a lean to that side? Yeah, UCLA probably, side. you know
3: what, late, late tonight? When you need something on the secondary screen while UFC's <laughs> going, UCLA minus five. Yeah, yeah. Cool. well,
5: you got to have something on the second screen while UFC's going. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Support our it.
3: other Vison colleague on the opposite coast, Danielle Alvari, who I know is probably going to be at the game and probably betting UCLA.
5: Yeah, that's right. And th- th- do we have uh, USC in action tonight as well, right?
3: Oh yeah, UCA, yeah USC. Yeah, Arizona is.
5: State at USC. Yep. Yes.
3: So here, let me pull this up because this. I'm glad. That okay, is thank
5: USC you. USC five and a half, six, one forty. Wow, this total one forty one and a half to one forty two and a half. I just saw one forty three, but that changed. Uh, that's where you'll find the total in that range. This one, real late night, eleven o'clock Eastern on the on the East Coast because that's where Eastern that's time what Eastern is. Means, yep. Yeah, and uh, eight o'clock Pacific time that's here on the Pacific Coast. That
3: has been confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> This game is way more important for Arizona State than it would be yep. for USC. Sun Devils first team on the first four outline, according to Lenardi. They had it. They dropped a tough one to UCLA Thursday, and it was a brutal spot. So they upset Arizona, and yeah. they had to come back and play UCLA. Just a brutal. Again, we talk about these spots and situations. Really tough. They end up dropping that one. So now they get this one against USC. So this is why, again, Arizona State really needs this as a first four out team. And they have been playing a little bit better basketball. They had a four-game losing streak back in January. And then since February, they haven't lost consecutive games. The wins, I mean, you could argue outside of the Arizona, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal, uh, Utah, those are fine wins. The Utah win especially, you get them at home. So it's a quality win. And for USC – it's, it's a team that is solidly in the field at this point right now. Again, it's just is there motivation enough to really increase your seeding or is it just to get into the Pac-12 tournament? There is a lot of movement in the top seeds in the Pac-12 tournament, so maybe that motivates USC as well. But I think this is way more about Arizona, and I think that's why, too, you see this maybe like there's a slight, I think, like slight undervaluing of USC here. I don't think it's really like crazy to any extent, but Arizona State on the road against USC is going to have a ton of motivation because they've got to make their way into the bracket.
5: I have a a, a broader uh, college basketball, I think, betting question, especially specifically specifically for the go. tournament. Um, when we come back for you, because I think it's very interesting some of these conferences that aren't as strong right where we have some conferences that are very
3: strong this year yeah i like it i mean one of those comparisons would be the big 10 right year after year the yes. big 10 cannibalized itself and looked like one of the stronger conferences and then every year there were some early exits for the big 10 right there's a conference this year that is extremely deep that i think is going to have a better showing and it's probably one that you're going to bring up. that's so exactly what I mean. we'll talk yep. about that when we come back as we wrap it up uh, the last 15 minutes here on live bet Saturday, don't worry. Live bet Saturday rolls on with Ben Wilson, Danny Burke, and company. But uh, we've only got 15 more minutes with we'll you. Come back with college hoops and more. This is live bet Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM is offering college basketball fans a chance to pocket extra cash winnings all season long. Just log into your BetMGM account to receive your college basketball parlay boost token. Then, a college basketball parlay with a minimum of four legs using the token. If the parlay hits, you'll have your winnings boosted. I don't know why I'm getting angry. New to BetMGM? Download the app. Sign up now to find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. Take your shot at making a big win even bigger. Place your Port Lake Parlay today. Boost the excitement of college basketball like never before with a college basketball parlay boost token only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to age. A new and existing customer offer. I'll do the Matt Brown thing now. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Please gamble (laughs) responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York.
5: Uh, Love you, Matt.
3: That's why I hope, like... (laughs) There's times where people think I'm mean. Like, I'm just, you know, this is what I do oh, when I, I like people. Hey, I'm busting chops.
5: I, yeah, I can't, I can't speak for you, but I know you do this too. If, I, if I'm if i talking about someone like that, it's someone I love. Yeah. It's someone I love. The way you know chops I'm have talk been busted? About? That's right, yeah. yeah.
3: You and I and Matt broke bread at an expensive steakhouse one night. Right, We're yeah.
5: friends. I talked trash about you on a uh, business call the other day just because I know right. you're my friend and it was going to be okay.
3: But it was great because it actually turned into like a really pro JVT, like 30 <laughs> seconds on a VSIN <laughs> meeting. It was crazy. Like, everybody was bringing me up and I was like, this this is awesome. I'm driving home. This is such an ego boost. I feel uh, great. And then when they hung up, they were like, this mother. Okay. You had a question.
5: I had a question. Did I have a question, question, but yes, I did. Okay. Big 12. Yep. So strong this year, right? How do you go about comparing that to other teams in some of these weaker conferences? Because we have seen some, you know, where we've seen them be a strong conference this year, right? We've seen some conferences that have been pretty weak overall. Do you think the books are going to have a strong handle on on the numbers to set for games that we're going to see those conferences play in?
3: Yeah, I think so. And I think, so I brought up the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. So for many years, the Big Ten was like the team that would get a lot of teams from their conference into the tournament, but they would ultimately kind of flame out. And I think part of it was... The Big Ten would just cannibalize on itself because it's a bunch of teams that are similarly rated that are just playing each other. Home teams would win, but you'd build up these resumes because right? they have high you know, net rankings, all that kind of stuff, so they would get all these teams in. But ultimately, they wouldn't amount to much when it came to neutral site games against other opponents that they don't right. necessarily play. I think the difference is for the big 12 and why they're going to be, I think an attractive play and why I think like, I'd be interested to see like conference winner of, you know, conference of champion or eventual national champion, Ooh, right. Uh, a market it. like that. Yeah. Cause I would assume the big 12 would be favored there because they're going to get so many teams because they're so highly rated and because they have some of the best teams there. But what I, but I think is my overall point that I'm getting to Kelly is I think this like version <coughs> of the big 12 is better and different because the Big Ten, frankly, the way they play basketball is a bunch of half-court oriented, Slower big oriented, usually, slow, yep. yeah, right, slow basketball. Where uh, some of these Big Twelve teams, you're forcing turnovers, you're getting out and running, you're athletic, you're switching, you're doing a whole lot of really good stuff. That's a little bit more, dare I say, advanced, like more modern basketball, <laughs> that I think has some staying power when it comes to winning the NCAA okay. tournament. So I, I do think that this is going to be a tournament where the Big Twelve makes a deep run, and I do think that these teams are probably going to be popular wagers at the window because you're going to look at, like, the top 25, and you're going to look at some oh, of I the odds so. to I, win this, and you're going to see a lot of Big 12 teams.
5: I mean, I think teams like in, you know, not even listed on here, but like Oklahoma State, right? Probably a good example of a team that has – they might be pretty good. They've just gotten beaten up in big, in the Big I mean, 12.
3: I talked to this about Tim, like with Tim Murray, when I was on his show a couple of weeks back. Look at Oklahoma. (laughs) Oklahoma's actually, you could argue, Oklahoma's had some pretty good showings. Their schedule has been so brutal that they're just taking it on the chin (laughs) over and over and over again that they've just been knocked out. Like when, when you're talking about consecutive road games against top 15 Ken Palm rated teams, mm-hmm. or or and then you come back home for another one, that's a brutal way to go through like your conference
5: schedule. What, what are your thoughts, well, we're, well, since we're talking about that. why? What are your talks, uh, your thoughts on TCU? Because th- that this is a team I feel like I have heard so many different opinions on. Of obviously they get miles back, so how much better can they be get, uh, getting him back in the lineup? Down the road, is it going to make much of a difference? Are they still going to get, you know, win, win a game or two and maybe that's it?
3: I think so. I don't think there's a high ceiling. And okay. th- this is what bothers me about TCU. They can't shoot. Mm. And even if you're talking about Miles or Mike Miles, sh- he's shooting 32% from three, so he's yeah. not really going to add in that regard. They, they don't really have a ton of shooting, and you want that to a certain extent. You will have to be able to space the floor and do something in that regard. You can only get so far playing your brand of basketball, which is. force some turnovers, get out and run and they have a really elite interior offense, but I think that's the thing that has bothered me for TCU. They are I think they're 10th in conference play and three-point shooting, 350th in the country. They shoot under 30% from three.
5: Yeah, that's not it's a pretty big get weakness. Dunk. It's not gonna get done. What, what I love it. what I love about you following both college basketball and NBA so much is you're gonna be able to help guide me away from making the dumb bets that I always make in the tournament. Oh, I'm not the savant
3: by any stretch, no, but no,
5: I know, but I always get sucked in by the oh, like this team X yeah. has a player who's gonna be playing in the pros next year and he's gonna be a lottery pick. Like Obviously, because this kid can play up against NBA competition, he should dominate in the NCAA tournament. That never works out, yeah. almost ever. Uh, so, yeah, that's where you're going to be able to help me this year.
3: Yeah, I, like, I'm really, I can't wait to watch because this this does seem, to use the cliche that everybody has been talking about, this does seem like a pretty wide open mm-hmm. NCAA tournament and when you say that they, they, the teams at the top is generally what you're looking at but even then so for example like one of the teams at the top that a lot of people like I think there's three teams that I would circle that I wouldn't really want a part of as much as I love St. Mary's and what they do as a team like the just like I don't even know. I'm trying to think of a synonym here. But just the agonizingly slow grind of pace that they play at and playing that suffocating brand of defense. The West Coast Conference, and and we should give this conference credit because a lot of people look at the West Coast Conference there. It's not a good conference. From an offensive standpoint, this is a really solid conference. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of good offenses in the WCC, and they're currently playing their tournament actually now out here in Las Vegas. We get a couple of tournament games later tonight. They're going to be pretty good. But they get a lot of credit, St. Mary's, for how they play defensively. But you just wonder, because there's going to be games in the NCAA tournament where you're sped up and you're forced to play at a really high level offensively. And maybe they can. Maybe they are almost like the Virginia, right? Because remember, Virginia that year, they played slow. They played incredible defense. But the one little caveat in that difference of Virginia team, they could shoot like crazy. They were an awesome shooting team. Yeah. And St. Mary's can shoot to a certain extent. But I do wonder if they're forced into some of these situations where they're a little uncomfortable and forced to get a little sped up, what that looks like for them.
5: I got. I got to go back. I just thought to check back in on the NFL draft market because it's been about what ninety minutes since we have. So guess what? We've got more movement. Um, I think this is our pro tip for the from the show today. As we've been we've been tracking this for about four hours. Uh, It's look. There is a lot of money to be made off of betting the NFL draft, but you've got to read the tea leaves, right? Jvt, what matters? What doesn't? What's going to shift markets? What are markets going to shift back? Like the number one overall pick oh here we go Bryce Please. young minus 205 what did we see this at three plus 350 I believe was the shortest we saw in Anthony Richardson CJ Stroud did I say 450 had yeah. gotten up to yep. bam bam have re- they've renormalized back at plus 380 see, apiece and
3: that's in that's exactly what we're talking about I'm sorry like I we will do this. We were right. Yeah. If you if you were sitting back and watching this, that was a great opportunity. Anthony Richardson, again, there are all probabilities. So, is there a chance that Anthony Richardson goes before C.J. Stroud? Yes. Mm-hmm. What is the most probable outcome is that C.J. Stroud should have higher odds to go number one yes. than Anthony Richardson. So, the fact that the market freaked out the way that it did because of a broad jump, or a vertical jump and a forty time is nuts.
5: And then what happened? Smart betters came back yes. in and hammered CJ Stroud at plus four twenty five, plus four fifty, whatever we were seeing him posted. Yeah. At. And they, you know, hammer Would whatever, whatever it is. I'm
3: sure the limits are pretty low early on and they're gonna be low because it's an information based event. But regardless it was. It's funny because we were laughing. Like, it's live at Saturday. We were tracking the combine and everything <laughs> coming out and more. But it was, that, today was a great day because that was a really cool thing to track all day. The market freaking out to the draft, seeing what was happening there, excuse me, the combine, seeing what was happening there and realizing that if you were in a market where you got – if you have DraftKings, that was a really good thing to jump yes. in on because you've really got a relatively was. decent number now on CJ Stroud that was not available before the combine today. It was a great number on Stroud.
5: I, I mean, about as long as we've seen him, period, at any any book that you could shop at. And, so. I,
3: and I would say, too, I mean, we watched him throw. I don't watch every throw. I don't think it was a response. Like, he didn't do look, nothing stuck out in terms of terribleness from Anthony Richardson. Right. I think yeah. it's no. your point. Yes. I think there were some cooler heads that saw the market adjustment and were like, I got to bet this.
5: Right. I got to take a piece of this.
3: Okay. I like it. All right, Kelly. Good job, buddy. Thanks, man. Four hours. Went by like that.
5: Like that. Thanks to Brian Ortega. I'll remember Sean this day McCone. more
3: than I will remember my wedding.
5: We got Liz Foster downstairs, Matt Hicks. I say a wrinkle.
3: We got a good show on tap today. Jared Lee Smith's going to be with us. Kelly's only going to be with us on Saturday. What did I say? Today. Today? Oh, tomorrow. Whatever.
5: JVT's sticking around for four more hours. Ben Wilson, go Dude, home. You don't
3: need to be here. Patrick Maher hit me <laughs> the other day. Patrick hit me with the at JVT, we're going to be looking forward to your 16 hours or 12 hours of programming over the weekend. And I was like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I might be getting a raise then, right? Because I don't think I'm doing 12 hours over the weekend. Now, Jared Smith's going to be with us tomorrow, and uh, we got a great show on tap there. A lot of our VEASAN personalities is we're going to be a week away from Selection Sunday. How about that? Damn. We're going to be live during Selection Sunday. Did you know that? That's going to be freaking great. I cannot wait. Anyway, Jared's going to be with us tomorrow. Until then, VEASAN.com slash podcast and VEASAN.com for everything that we do on the network. Do a great job. A lot of good writing and a lot of good podcasts up there as well. Live that Saturday rolls on, and we will see you next week. I'll see you tomorrow.
1: Zumo Play.
2: iHeart.